0: Hi, this is Michael Kostoros, founder of Entrepreneurs Awakening, and you are listening to the Entheo Nation with Lorna Liana.
1: Welcome to Entheo Nation, where we feature visionaries who are pioneering the cutting edge of awakening psychedelic science, modern shamanism, neuroscience, new paradigm lifestyles. Get ready to harness the power of visionary states and forge reality into your wildest dreams. Hey there, beautiful visionaries. This is Lorna Liana, and welcome back to the Nation podcast, where we explore the intersection of psychedelics, shamanism, and visionary culture. One of the phenomena I've been observing with great interest and also bemusement is the increase in entrepreneurs seeking ayahuasca breakthrough experiences. From entrepreneurs putting drink ayahuasca on their bucket list, Check to conscious business owners seeking to be the highest version of themselves, the surge in interest from highly functioning, creative people who are not trying to heal from disease, addiction, or PTSD is on the rise. So much so that the satirical online magazine The Onion published a post titled Ayahuasca Shaman Dreading Another Week of Guiding Tech CEOs to Spiritual Oneness, which features a photo of an indigenous curandero who looks so clearly over it that quickly went viral. You can find the link to this post in the show notes at entheonation.com slash 33. I want to give a shout out to our very first Patreon patron, Saint Summer Music. Thank you so much for your acknowledgement and support. It is a tremendous amount of work to produce this content, and in addition to time and energy, the platform incurs significant monthly recurring hard costs. Just the software itself costs about $1,200 every month, not to mention employee salaries. Every little bit of support goes a long way, but your acknowledgement of the value of this work is priceless. You can become a patron of Entheonation at patreon.com slash Entheonation. That's patreo ncom com slash Entheonation. And we offer a wide range of rewards as a gesture of gratitude for your support. So my guest today is Michael Kostouris, who is a member of my Burning Man tribe. While I've camped with different camps over the years, I really felt aligned with Camp Mystic, which includes many San Francisco Bay Area people that I've known for decades—creative entrepreneurs who do plant medicine, highly successful six- and seven-figure transformational coaches, Canada business owners, DJs, artists, and musicians. When I shared what my vision with Entheo Nation was, which includes one day connecting entrepreneurs with an encounter with Madre. With the intention to collaborate on business solutions to the world's most pressing concerns, I was immediately led to the other side of the dining room and introduced to Michael Kosturis. Michael is a successful technology entrepreneur turned mentor to Silicon Valley venture-backed entrepreneurs. During our chat, we look back on Michael's own journey in the entrepreneurial world and how he discovered the powers of ayahuasca before dedicating himself to aiding others On Their Own Quests. We discuss some of the difficulties that are present in a modern cross-cultural context, and also imagine the future of what has become a more and more popular trend. Michael's own experience has led him to cultivate what he calls a detached engagement to business, through which he is able to be engaged with the work but feel detached from the trauma and reaction of everyday fluctuations. Get ready to discover Michael's perspectives on ego death, and the relationship between experience and entrepreneurship. Some of the effects and changes Michael has witnessed in the participants of his Entrepreneur's Awakening program. And the future of the current spike of interest in ayahuasca retreats. Don't forget to stick around for the very end to discover our Medicine Music for the Soul selection, which this week features a really fun medicine song by Chris Orange called Phoenix which has a distinctly Cusqueño vibe. If you want to learn how to sing this song, we include both the band camp player as well as the lyrics for you in the episode show notes. Links, resources, and medicine music for the soul can be found at anthionation.com/33. Are you ready to join the evolution? Sign up for our newsletter and receive our free guide to navigating visionary states, along with eight email lessons on how you can harness the power of your sacred visions. As a VIP member of Entheonation, you'll receive invitations to join life-transforming retreats and mind-expanding programs. Just go to iTunes to join the tribe and receive your free gifts today. Hello, beautiful tribe of Entheo Nation! I am so excited to bring you today... Michael Costuros, and he is a tech startup founder, advisor, and executive leadership coach in San Francisco. For the past six years, he has organized discreet ayahuasca retreats in Peru for his executive clients. Over the years, he's developed an innovative preparation and integration method that more than doubles the results of ayahuasca alone. His new company, Entrepreneurs Awakening, is expanding the retreat program to include locations in Tulum and Costa Rica as well as a nine-month mastermind program for entrepreneurial leaders in 2017. Welcome to Nation, Michael. Hey,
0: thank you.
2: It's great to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited to get to know you better. So I'd love to ask you if you could share with us what your entrepreneurship journey was like and how you ended up being introduced to ayahuasca along the way.
0: Yeah, I always enjoy sharing this story. Thanks for the opportunity. I started a a SaaS platform software company in 2004, and we uh, did very well and grew very quickly. So I was under the typical stresses that come with a a rapidly scaling startup in San Francisco. And in about 2007, I really hit a place of burnout. I was quite burnt out, stressed out. We hit a, a bunch of challenges, as we always do. And it was actually my wife who convinced me that it would be a great idea to go to Peru and do an ayahuasca retreat and refresh my mind and get a whole new perspective. Now, that didn't seem too left field for me because I would grown up in a culture, including my parents' culture, that saw indigenous medicine traditions as respectful and and a a viable way of relating to spirit and resetting body and, and mind and heart. And so I had since uh, late teens, i had been participating in indigenous and ceremonies, but it'd been a good 20 years since I'd really been engaged. And so it seemed crazy at the time. I was really afraid that I would go to Peru, kind of have this epiphany and just like text my CEO. I quit and <laughs> like, never go back.
1: I, I did like, that, by the way. <laughs> so I totally get it.
0: <laughs> that was my fear. I didn't do that. And I've never seen anybody do that either. Uh, none of my clients have ever done that. But it actually really, really did refresh me and gave me a new perspective. And I came back to my company fully engaged. And the term I came up with in retrospect was like detached engagement. It was fully engaged with the game of the startup and not emotionally attached or in a reactive, traumatized state relative to whatever was going on that week, um, which allowed me to enjoy the experience and contribute a lot more than before going to Peru.
1: And so, what year was this that you first uh, what, that you had this first experience with ayahuasca? Two
0: thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Somewhere 2007, 2008.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when did you start to bring other entrepreneurs down to Peru? And, and where, where exactly do you go in Peru?
0: Yeah. So, one of the insights from ayahuasca is that what I enjoyed most about my company was mentoring and developing people, um, essentially, coaching and aligning teams and working with the culture of the human ecosystem within the company. So I started to focus on that more and more as I came home when I came back from Peru and eventually found a a time where it was fine for me to step out of the company and leave it in the hands of my co-founders. And that's when I began executive coaching around 2010. It wasn't long before I had a few executive coaching clients that I knew were going to Burning Man and doing psychedelics recreationally and to Back up a step as an executive coach, uh, my number one challenge is helping my clients overcome the subconscious blocks that live in their blind spots that are preventing them from just being their naturally expressed great self. We all have these um, and in a context of a startup. You're fully exposed. Like The investors are looking at you. Your peers are looking at you. The customers are looking at you. Your employees are looking at you. Everybody sees you. There's nowhere to hide as a founder in a company or a a leadership executive on the, the founding team. So there's a lot of unique pressure to overcome your quirks and become your greatest self. And this is where I love to work. Because uh, most of us don't have the enough pressure to be willing to face those those deeper, darker uh, parts of our psyche that are holding us back from being our most awesomeness self. So uh, confronted by those and using the Jedi tricks that come with executive coaching, I found it wasn't enough or it was too slow. So with a few, I started experimenting. I'm like, well, you know, we can keep chipping away at this or you can come to Peru and do ayahuasca for a week. Um, and see Machu Picchu while you're at it. And I think that will accelerate our process by eight months or more. So a few said yes. And I started doing just one-on-one trips, taking them down to the Sacred Valley outside of Cusco to do ayahuasca for a week and then go to Machu Picchu, which is, by the way, a very convenient cover story for those in their lives who they're not willing to let talk about ayahuasca. with. And it wasn't, actually, it was the first time I did that that while within the ayahuasca ceremony itself, it became really clear to me, or I was told in no uncertain terms, that I was supposed to bring down groups of of innovators to clear their clear out the garbage, so that they can really stand up and become the most shining version of themselves. Um, and that that's what the world indeed needs is more entrepreneurial leaders that are heart connected, ego healed, and out to have the greatest impact in the world they can. And the medicine showed me that that's what i was meant to be doing uh, which said no (laughs) like no and then she showed me how she could make it easy and then so i said maybe and then after getting back and sleeping on it for a week uh, it became clear that that was really the right thing to do so in 2011 my wife and i put our san francisco mission apartment gave it up and put everything in storage and moved to Peru. To the sacred valley because i knew it was going to take probably five months or more to figure out all the details necessary to have a world-class retreat experience there and it took indeed about five months to find the right shaman ayahuasca and to find the right locations and to operate the uh, tour operators and guides and all the stuff i wanted for the package so since then i've been since 2012 early 2012 i've been bringing down groups once or twice a year Always to the Sacred Valley, always including Machu Picchu to do deep work with the medicine. And the other key thing is that my retreats are really programs that include a retreat. So we start a month before we leave, both one-on-one coaching and group coaching, like mastermind style, all the way up to going to Peru. Then we're together for 10 days, 24-7. And then we work together for a month or more after returning from Peru to integrate the experience. So it's a whole ecosystem of interactions and relating that includes the ayahuasca in the middle. So it sounds like
1: it's a three month package that people are signing up for.
0: Basically, it's a three month package.
1: Mm -hmm, Okay. And what is the typical investment level for this package?
0: The retreats in the year coming ahead are uh, 1100, I mean, sorry, 11,100.
1: Okay. So that, that, that's for the entire three months.
0: Yeah, it's for the mm-hmm. three-month package. It includes a mastermind, okay. uh, mm-hmm. all expenses, going to Peru, the one-on-one coaching. And you know, I try and organize the package where the mastermind value of the relationships are worth the price alone, let alone Peru, let alone ayahuasca, let alone the coaching, let alone the integration work. So,
1: Are you a spiritual seeker intrigued by the insight, healing and transformation that visionary medicines offer? Do you feel called to work with sacred plant medicines, but don't know how to begin, let alone where to find a qualified shaman? Or perhaps you might have had a life-changing experience at an ayahuasca retreat center in Peru, and are confused about how to integrate all your cosmic downloads with your day-to-day life back home. And what would really help with that journey is the support of a community of people who work with visionary medicines on a regular basis. If this sounds like you, check out Spiritual Evolution with Sacred Plant Medicines, an online program designed to help you receive the highest transformation. Just go to mtheonation.com spiritual to view the course curriculum and receive a special 10% discount just for being a podcast listener. Simply apply the coupon code ntheo 10 that's E-N-T-H-E-O-10, to redeem your 10% discount today. Yeah, I mean, this is different from a typical like ayahuasca dieta that you would sign up for and go to in like Iquitos or Pucalpa. This is, you know, basically uh, like how I see it is this is a business mastermind and the pricing of your you know business mastermind is actually in line with a lot of the business masterminds that I see. But you also have an international trip, you know, retreat package included in that. So, you know, I think uh, that's important for people to know this is not an ayahuasca retreat that's for 10 days in the jungle. This is more than that. And, you know, there's business, you know, leadership training and there's networking with other people that can help you grow your business. So, um, yeah, you know, I've
0: noticed that the press loves to lead with, $10,000 Ten thousand dollar ayahuasca. <laughs> no,
1: but it's not that. That's the thing. No, of course
0: not. If someone wants to do ayahuasca and crew for a weekend. I'll just tell them where to go, and they can go. I don't need them to plan.
1: Right, and you probably don't want your average, like you know, ayahuasca seeker. You're working with executives, so you know it's it's that clear. level. So you know, I just want to highlight that so that people can be Thank clear, you, you know, and not just immediately react at the price tag.
0: Yeah from the executive mastermind perspective mm-hmm. compared to what's out there it's a bargain mhm there are plenty of masterminds
1: at 22000 oh my eight. god so- yeah you know, $100,000 for a year. I've seen those, you know. I'm not quite at that diamond level yet. But I can imagine if I grew my business to uh, seven figures and I wanted to connect with, you know, Jeff Walker or, you know, or somebody else like, you know, Ali Brown, that I might, you know, be – it might be a worthwhile investment. If I knew yeah. that the people in my mastermind group were going to be able to support me and, you know, be my joint venture partners, that would be worth the investment. My coach sure. – Invested in one of those a hundred thousand dollar you know level masterminds, and she made her money back. she's a seven figure yeah. coach it makes perfect sense when you're at that level. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. So, I'm, you know, this is really exciting to me because um, I remember how you and I got connected. I have also had that vision too, which is like, I want to bring entrepreneurs down to the Amazon to connect with the indigenous people. So, I work mostly from, you know, in the Brazilian Amazon. And I want to uh, connect those change makers, those, you know, CEOs of companies to the plant medicine, to the shamans, so mm-hmm. that um, in that process, not only can they achieve their own breakthroughs, but then also achieve the breakthroughs in their companies and in their entrepreneurial endeavors. And then yeah. to use that time frame that we're together to start brainstorming some of the solutions to the world's most pressing concerns. And I remember Ooh. sharing that with somebody at Camp Mystic in 2015. And he basically listened to me, his jaw dropped open. Then he was like, you need to come talk to Michael Kostoros. And he grabbed me, pulled me across the dining room and says, okay, you tell Michael exactly what you told me
0: <laughs> yeah it's great i yeah, love that you're, yeah. work, you're working in the jungle my clients are not interested in going to the jungle
1: i know a, i know you yeah, I, it, makes level, two, yeah um, it
0: makes total sense level two
1: yeah it makes total sense
0: Star hotels
1: <laughs> yes i saw the the on your retreat um, homepage, like the the hotels that you guys go to i'm like wow that's so beautiful
0: <laughs> yeah total different story I love the level two in the jungle.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Level two uh, in Costa Rica.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, I was also really excited to see in your last uh, trip to Peru, two entrepreneurs that I know and love. Uh, first was uh, Jesse Krieger, who mm-hmm. has been a, a, a joint venture partner of mine. And I just love him. He's like a life, lifestyle entrepreneur, location independent, speaks Chinese. And then also, I remember connecting Henrik Zilmer with you, too. And so he had reached out to me. He was like, I want to have this experience. I'm like, you know, I don't know, you know, like, oh, the perfect person. Person for you so so I'm glad that he also had a chance to go so I'm curious because I see him quoted in these articles and his quote is that um, uh, you killed him so I'm curious to know how you feel about that statement that your your client saying that you Michael Kostoros, killed him.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know that Henrik said that. I know that the, the author of the article framed what we were talking about in that way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious. I, I think <laughs> that article was from California Sunday Magazine was really well written, really engaging and fun and accurate. And, you know, the context is he's talking about ego death. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's pretty common, if you're lucky with ayahuasca, is that you die, or you believe you're going to die. You're You're actually just fine the whole time. But And so the author, of the the reporter was picking up on Henrik, talking about that he died. And actually, it would have been Javier, the the shaman who killed him. I didn't hand him the ayahuasca.
1: Or, 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 you know, Madre Ayahuasca having killed him because they do call ayahuasca the vine of death.
0: It's true. (laughs) One translation.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to know, so like the intersection of entrepreneurship and ayahuasca, as a digital nomad, I've been seeing more and more entrepreneurs in my community wanting to experience ayahuasca as a bucket list item. And it's kind of interesting. So there's like this, you know, uh, forum thread in our community about like somebody's sharing about his first ayahuasca experience and all these other people chimed in. They were like, oh, you know, I agree with that. You know, like, you know, five plus ceremonies. I agree with that like 10 plus ceremonies, like as their kind of like credentials. And so finally I chimed in, I was like, look, I've had well over a hundred ceremonies. Like, let me tell you, like, you know, like break it down into like, you know, what I know. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. So on one hand, it's like, there's more interest in ayahuasca, um, in the entrepreneurial community at the same time, what, what is an aspect of entrepreneurism is the com- competitive level. Like how many like badges or how much street cred can you like, you know, that, that makes you qualified to like, you know, speak about a certain topic. And so it's kind of interesting because there is this phenomena, there is this approach, but yet it can often be a little bit at odds with, you know, ayahuasca and how she works in general and in the, in the shamanic and spiritual context of working with the plant medicines. So I'd love to see it to ask you what your observations are at the intersection of startups, entrepreneurs, and ayahuasca. And, you know, potentially this like, you know, clash of paradigms, like the competitive acquisition oriented, you know, entrepreneurial mindset, you know, versus the, you know, spiritual ayahuasca shamanic mindset, which is very much like receive, you know, like integrate, like listen to what the plant is telling you. Listen to what the forest is telling you. You know, it's not about competition. What are your observations?
0: That's a great question. You know, over the last five or six years, working with a lot of startup entrepreneurs, they come for different reasons. Lately, there's more FOMO as a driver than I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I don't care why they come. The more FOMO, the better, whatever. Because as you know, nothing, it's all, all bets are off once you drink that cup. Like, it doesn't matter what you think you're going to get, why you were coming. If you're trying to impress your mom or your dad, whatever, mm. whatever crazy reason drove you to drink ayahuasca, it doesn't matter. Once you drink it, then with the experience and the positive outcomes, assuming that the ceremony is legit and the medicine's good, will happen. I personally don't mention plant spirits. I don't mention the forest. I don't mention Madre, anything. I'm totally secular in my approach. Mm-hmm. Let them have their own experience and oftentimes they will experience the spirits and then depending on how those spirits interact oftentimes especially in the beginning it's just you see them and feel them but there's no real interaction then other times there's like full-on interaction and depending on where they are on the atheist scale to atheist to new age scale they have different questions about how to deal with that how to integrate that that experience but I don't find any conflicts, you know, whatever drives somebody to be willing to drink ayahuasca, once they drink it, the medicine sets them straight. So, again, as long as the set and setting, the medicine, the ayahuascaro, and the safety of the container is held, then the outcomes are usually extraordinary. Those are a lot of ifs, though.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting because, you know, coming from, you know, in, in my, my experience has predominantly been, you know, with the indigenous tribes, you know, with the elders um, who are, have deep plant knowledge and, you know, who are like 80, 90, 100 years old who don't yeah. live the forest. And so it seems, you know, a very different approach to like completely divorce yourself from the, you know, spiritual healing aspect. It's
0: not divorcing. It's oh, just- okay. It's not endorsing. I leave my agenda at the door. Okay. I don't have an agenda for them. I, in the earlier days, I really did. I, uh-huh. had a, I was really holding your approach. I work with indigenous, I'm shaman, I've been practicing with shamanic medicine. I was wanting people to know, want to know about shamanism and Andean shamanism, Amazonian shamanism. And when I, I was quite disappointed when I found out that they don't care. That's not why they're here. They're here mm-hmm. to... To heal the shit that's preventing them from being super fucking awesome and and fulfill this kind of Elon Musk vision that they have for changing the world. They're not here to find a new religion or a new community or a new culture or a new reason to a new identity. They're here to to clear out the crap and stay on mission.
1: So do you ever have your clients coming back to you saying, hey, so, you know, maybe that person might have been completely secular to begin with. And so they come to you and, you know, you don't, you know, have that, uh, you don't bring the, you know, shamanic and cultural sp- piece to your your experience. And do you ever have a scenario where you're, you have a client that says, hey, I think I, you know, brought a spirit back th- with me from Peru, or, you know, I have a spirit that visits me now every night and I don't know what to do with it.
0: Never happened. <laughs> it's never wow. happened. And part of the reason why that doesn't happen, and a big reason why I choose to work in the Andes, is the Sacred Valley, for all intent and purposes, is very clean spiritually. There's no warfare going shamanic warfare going on. There's very little competition. And the mountain energy is flowing. The river is going through it, just moving the energy. There's just no stagnant energy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'd have to go out of your way to get into a context and then open yourself up for mm-hmm. possession or to attack, have a spirit attached to you in a way you wouldn't want. I also, you know, I'm really, really clear about the ayahuascaro I choose to work with and why, and he operates the tightest, cleanest ship I've ever come across, both in his personal life. I mean, basically, he operates like a monk. Mm-hmm. You know? And works with Ayahuasca and San Pedro exclusively every week for years on end. He's married to the medicine and this is his work. So he runs a really clean type ship and there's just like nothing can get into his, his space. So when we're blasted open in his temple, it's the safest energetic space have, I've been in. So those are some of the reasons why I choose the Sacred Valley and why I believe that none of my clients have come back complaining of any hitchhikers.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really good to know. So what about some of the other potential pitfalls that could happen? So, you know, ayahuasca also has the potential to really bring up some deeply buried, uh, psychological traumas. So, yeah. and, and sometimes, you know, the most balanced person might be surprised that all of a sudden this wound has been, you know, brought to the service and then there's all this stuff that they're now processing coming up for them. What safeguards do you have to address these potential dangers?
0: Yeah. Why in my programs is I see all that as an opportunity And because we're ready for it so for a month beforehand i'm doing one-on-one deep inquiry i know their psycho-spiritual background Mm -hmm. i know their great-grandparents lives their grandparents lives i'm thinking like a shaman i'm thinking back you know three generations to understand what baggage this person is bringing into this the ceremony so i feel i've never been surprised let's say, and then uh, I also weave the group very tightly. They're already friends through group video before we get to Peru. And then in Peru, we start with San Pedro so that it's an outdoor semi-social experience for the the first day we're there, which bonds them really deeply. So the trust is really high. And then after each ayahuasca ceremony, we do the integration circle after. So they're all holding each other's experience, deep trust. Then they do one-on-one consultations with Javier and, and with me, if necessary. So they're just so held in this therapeutic container, both by their peers and by the professionals on the trip. Then that just continues when they get home. We do group and one-on-one calls for a month uh, or more. So, And if something really traumatic happens, I've got psychiatrists and MFT on my team that can handle pretty much anything from extreme psychotic breaks to just deep trauma being revealed. So there's, there's a whole team ready to support any contingency, but we luckily haven't needed, we haven't needed to call 911 yet.
1: (sighs) That's that's good. That's a relief. Yeah. yeah. Um, So what, uh, what changes do you typically see in entrepreneurs after they have their ayahuasca experience?
0: Yeah, this is actually the most inspiring aspect of what I'm doing and why I keep choosing to do it, the impacts are just extraordinary and continue to unfold for weeks and months and years after. Uh, one of the things I love doing every year, I go back to the original group and the second group and the third group, some of them now five years back, and ask for a new testimonial. Because it's easy to get a testimonial for some, from somebody a week after they got back from Peru. They're all, ah, I went to Picchu ask you?" But that doesn't count. It's like a year later, and what are you still getting out of it? That's more interesting to me, what he's still getting out of it. And they're always able to answer, It's surprisingly. So generally speaking, on average, what I'm seeing is people have a big shift toward being more human-centric. So CEOs that saw employees as more as cogs in a machine that were replaceable, that you just work until they drop and then get a new one on one extreme uh, will come back and uh, choose to put their attention on culture and cultivate and develop their people and see their people as their greatest asset and and that has a ripple effect through the whole culture and through the customer and changes everything so you could maybe say go from a jeff bezos amazon.com culture to you know a Zappos culture so i always see that happening they also tend to resolve conflicts in their love life, both family and romantic, and get that in order in a way that makes them more secure and grounded. And overall, I'd say they're they're less ego driven and more, and significantly less reactive, and more present, confident, clear, and proactive, even under highly stressful situations. And any one of those things, you know, startup contexts where there's a lot of money at at stake, priceless. But all of them together is just like. Phew. So this is, I think, why the the retreats. Until now, I've only filled them through word of mouth. I haven't done any press. This is the first year I'm talking publicly about this work.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: over the next quarter, articles will reach more than 30 million unique viewers per month.
1: <laughs> wow, you're going to get super busy. <laughs> we'll see.
0: you Never know what's going to happen with with press and articles, but mm-hmm. we have. Lost and Fast Company and Business Insider and and yourself. Um, So there's there's definitely stepping up and seeing what happens, stepping out.
1: Hey there, Visionary. We really need your help. Entheonation is on a mission to raise public awareness of the therapeutic potential of psychedelics and visionary plant medicines. We do this by creating consciousness-raising content, which we give to the public for free, and this costs money. That's why I'm asking you to play an active part in the psychedelic renaissance by supporting Entheonation on Patreon. Your patronage allows us to create more podcasts, interview more experts, research and write in-depth articles, produce videos, and offer unique educational products for visionaries just like you. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash entheonation, that's patreo dot com slash entheonation, and browse our mind-expanding rewards and choose your monthly pledge. Take a stand for cognitive liberty and spiritual freedom by becoming an entheonation patron today. Do you have any specific examples of maybe like, you know, product breakthrough ideas or breakthroughs that significantly generated, you know, a wave of new income for your clients? Hmm. It's
0: a good question. In a company context, like say a CEO, whether they had a new product breakthrough as a result later on, I'm not tracking that. But what is apparent and obvious in the group context is when two participants find a way to work together or make an introduction that then totally changes the game of the other person's business so we have an example recently was one of the guys on the retreat really wanted to take his podcast to the next level another guy on the retreat had a person deep personal connection with the person who could do that with them in a partnership Got them together. They pitched it and it worked. Uh, they they decided to do business together, and within two months, they more than tripled their revenue. And now they have a hundred thousand listeners to their podcast, and it's just radically transformed his business. So it's it's usually through because the, the depth of trust that's built among the group mm-hmm. through this together, they're willing to make. <laughs> The most sensitive introductions, like people that they, they really trust in, in their network and would normally hesitate to introduce somebody to, they're willing to do that. And that tends to lead to really good things.
1: Mm-hmm. So where do you see this trend of entrepreneurs using, using ayahuasca going two to three years from now?
0: It's a good question. We're definitely seeing a huge spike in demand through these articles, there's going to be more. So we're going to see an increase in demand for ayahuasca. We're not seeing an increase in in educated seekers, um, and we're seeing a massive increase in what I would consider an unqualified ayahuasca facilitators, because They'll pack 25 people in at 250 bucks a head and do two nights on a weekend with no preparation and no integration and just spit you out the other side and walk away with 10 or 20 grand, whatever they make that weekend with the best intentions. But in my opinion, even when that weekend goes really well, which it often does, and the participant thinks they had a peak ayahuasca experience, in reality, they probably got 60% or less of what is possible for them due to the sentence setting and the way those ceremonies typically are held.
1: Can you give me an example of uh, what you mean? So I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by an unprepared facilitator or a, a sentence setting that's not really optimal.
0: So, you know, there's a lot of debate within the Ayahuasca community on what is, a, you know, prepared facilitator, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A qualified facilitator you know, in my opinion, if they haven't apprenticed for at least four years with an Amazonian teacher and their teacher isn't making the medicine and mailing it to them, and they don't still have a relationship with that teacher and go back at least a month, a year to work with that teacher, then they're, they're not operating in a lineage and they're kind of pioneering a new way of working with the medicine. So the majority of the ceremonies I see out there, In the states are pioneering ceremonies where they did some work with a bunch of different teachers or one teacher and then they decided they were ready to pour ayahuasca not necessarily their teacher
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. medicine from hawaii and they start leading ceremonies in a way that is effective on many levels and not nearly as deep as anything that would be held in a traditional shamanic lineage Mm -hmm. fashion a term my friend daniel pinchbeck I believe coined to describe that type of ceremony is it's it's a community building and consciousness lifting ceremony,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: opposed to the, the type that I'm engaged with are like deep the deep healing mm-hmm. ceremonies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with no more than ten people in the ceremonies I work with because the shaman works so much one on one so deeply with each person. Okay. So we call them yoga waska ceremonies, mm-hmm. and then the deep healing ayahuasca shamanic ceremonies. Of course, my neighbor's using a leaf blower right now, so hold on. But you know that's stylistic, and I don't want to sound like uh, an orthodox who doesn't like this new remix. The medicine needs to be remixed and sent around the world in ways that it will mm-hmm. to meet different communities. What I want is the seeker to to know that there are at least four different ways. Of ayahuasca ceremonies led, and there are four different lineages behind those ways, and each one has a different way, and a different pro and a different con. And ayahuascaros come in all colors, shapes, and sizes. And you know, would you rather work with a part-time ayahuascaro who is only led? 30 or 40 ceremonies or would you rather work with a full-time one who's led 1,000 ceremonies because you can't, they're both out there.
1: Mm-hmm. You just
0: need to know how to ask and what to look for.
1: What are the four different ways of working with ayahuasca that you just referenced?
0: Well, you could say there's the Santa Daime tradition, which mm-hmm. is a Deo-Christian heavily influenced tradition coming out of Brazil. And then you have the indigenous traditional way where we typically would call the Peruvian heavily influenced by the Shipibo. So like the Peruvian Ceremony style,
1: the curandarismo uh, style, yeah, the hitalista style,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then we have the what's coming out of Colombia and and Ecuador, the Yahe tradition, mm-hmm. which is a different structure and and way of drinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have the new age remix, where anything goes, and there's guitars and multiple musicians and a lot of singing and. You know, those are the more community building and consciousness raising ceremonies that can be deeply healing, but it's not like the open heart surgery that you would get under the leadership of an indigenous shaman Mm -hmm, who's only been doing it that way for decades.
1: Yeah, where you're going to get like the, you know, soplata and they're going to do some type of extraction on you. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the Brazilian works are uh, that I've experienced, even with the indigenous people, are much more community based works where it's like everyone's getting together to sing and to celebrate or to activate a shared prayer. Um, Yeah, it's a
0: community building tool when used that way. For the way I like to work with it, I'm not interested in that. I want that. I want to go down into the shadow to the deepest root core issue and transform that. The way I see it is, many people will only do ayahuasca once, and so you've got them one time. I've got them one time in Peru, and I want that them to get 110% of what that medicine has to offer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if they want to come back and do community building or go to church, they can do that. But like, if they're with me, it's like. We're changing your life, period, once, one and done.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Great. So thank you so much for sharing with us uh, uh, your work with the Entrepreneur's Awakening Program. I would love to wrap up this conversation by asking you one of my favorite questions, which is, what was your most far-out visionary experience working with ayahuasca?
2: Okay.
0: So oftentimes I'm assisting the ceremony, so I have a tiny dose and one of the times I was assisting and it was probably three quarters of the way through and I could hardly feel my tiny dose anymore. So for all intent and purposes, I was sober and the room was quiet. So I was taking a break mm-hmm. and Javier, this ayahuascaro was having a cigarette and relaxing. i a pacho. And so I just kind of put my knees up like this. I was sitting on a bench in the ceremony in the room against the wall. And just kind of like, oh, I'm going to take a rest. I'm just doing this. And then I had my eyes closed and I was sitting up and i saw this fluorescent mechanical bug about this big come down and i opened my eyes and it was still there i'm in the room it's all dark but i can see this thing come down and i'm like "What the?" and it comes down and it kind of starts to orient and look at me and this thing opened it felt like a ufo at this point it's like this bay opened and this thing came out and it scanned my heart And then it showed these two dark spots, and then it cut them out and closed it up. And then my heart started glowing, and then it retracted its little instrument, closed the door, and then sort of like, took off like a UFO in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, going to look at Javier next to me? Like, did you just see that? And of course, he didn't, because that's why I didn't ask. But I think, you know, it's one thing to see visions when you're totally with the medicine and you're like blasted into the DMT world. But to to have that experience when I felt sober and hadn't even done a full-on journey experience, that's really stuck with me. It was really amazing. I'm a believer.
1: (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. So how can our listeners best stay in touch with you, Michael?
0: They visit entrepreneurawakening.com and join our mailing list.
1: When is your next retreat? The
0: next retreat will be in the end of March and the first week of April in the through sacred valley.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. And you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. 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 One of the things that often stands out in my mind is the human tendency to attribute the healing powers of a visionary medicine to a shaman or a facilitator and not the medicine itself. While it is absolutely important to have a qualified, skilled facilitator when consuming some types of powerful visionary medicines like ayahuasca, iboga, and bufo alvarius, I think it's also important to understand that the medicine itself is responsible for most, if not all, of the life-transforming experiences of catharsis and transcendence. Understanding this will help minimize the guru effect or even Stockholm Syndrome in the case of facilitators who serve medicines and engage with abusive or unnecessary pseudo-religious behavior, and help you connect with the true teacher, the guru within. And now for some medicine music for the soul, a wonderful song by Chris Orange called Phoenix, which I've been enjoying starting my day with because of the powerful, upbeat melody that captures the spirit of the Sacred Valley. If you want to learn how to sing this powerfully uplifting song, we've included the lyrics as well as the bandcamp player in the show notes at slash thirty three. And if you have medicine music for the soul that you'd like to share, email Lorna at entheonation.com with the subject line medicine music for the soul and include a high quality download of your professionally produced medicine music or electronic track you can trip to. Love you all and see you next time.
2: que ahora vienen subiendo mensajes dimensionales que ahora vengo comprendiendo campanas angelicales que ahora vienen subiendo espacios dimensionales que ahora vengo recorriendo pinta dragón, pinta guacamayo pinta fénix, pinta yaé pinta guacoya, pinta guachumita pinta Pedrito, lleno de poder Pinta dragón, pinta guacamayo, pinta el fénix, pinta yae, pinta guagoya, pinta guachumita, pinta San Pedrito lleno de poder, Líbranos del mal, canchaña y inchis, guaca, Pinta Fénix, pinta ya, pinta guacoya, pinta guachumita, pinta San Pedrito, lleno de saber, pinta dragón, pinta guacamayo, pinta Fénix, pinta ya, pinta guacoya, pinta guachumita, pinta San Pedrito, lleno de poder. perdido, va fluyendo como el fuego, como el agua, como el aire, purificando nuestros corazones, ay mi tierrita viene sonriendo, chascaña, hui, hui, cura, taita, inti, huma, protector, <tose> ay tabaquito, líbranos del mal, canchaña, inti, suaka, hampi, sairi,